Good evening. Good evening, everyone. It's Aaron Schlag tonight hosting the uh, Gold Club Q&A call. Excited to uh, jump on here with you guys. Um, I, did, I did speak with Andrew. I believe he's going to join me as well. But um, excited to jump on here and uh, just discuss business with you guys, see how things are going, uh, discuss leads and deals uh, that you have going on, any questions you have. And uh, so excited to do that. So the purpose of this call tonight, as I already basically covered, uh, we hold it the second Monday of every month. And um, you guys can submit deals prior to the call, and uh, we'll review them right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen, but uh, you can't participate. Uh, you can get information, more information to sign up for the Gold Club at ronsgoldclub.com. That's ronsgoldclub.com. Uh, if you want to ask a question or discuss a deal or go over anything you got going on in your real estate business, we would love to chat with you. Um, it always benefits everyone involved in the call. There are a lot of people that join here to listen. Uh, we all join to learn, and, and some of us uh, like to ask questions and, and discuss things, and so we always welcome that, uh, whether it's about a deal or about your business. But if you do want to do that, uh, press star six to be entered into the queue. If you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage, after you logged in, you should uh, hang up and dial back in using that number and uh, the access code there on your Gold Club site if you want to ask any questions. So excited for that tonight. And we just, while I was through that, we had several more people join us. So forgive me, I'm going to repeat that one more time because we had a bunch more jump on here while I was going through that. But if you want to ask any questions or discuss a deal tonight, um, so you can hit star six to be entered into the queue. And if you did not dial in using the, um, the phone number and the access code on your Gold Club membership site, you'll want to hang up and do that and hit star six to be entered into the queue. Uh, once again, guys, we host this call on the second Monday of every month, so make sure you do put that on your calendar. Appreciate the sure that's on your calendar and make sure that you have that. And um, we are excited to discuss many things with you. Andrew, I, I believe you're on, but you're on, you're not on mute. Give me two seconds. All right. All right, guys. So with that being said, excited to be on here. Andrew has joined us. It sounded like he was wrapping something else up and was not on mute, but I'm excited to hear with, from him what he's got going on. Excited to share with you some wins that we have going on as well, that I have going on as well, and uh, <clears throat> just discuss things with you guys. So hit star six to be entered into the queue, and we will, we will take your questions as quick as we can. I do want to touch on a couple of things. I say this every time that I'm on here, and the reason I say this is because I believe it's so important. Um, I've talked to several new students uh, last week alone, and one of the biggest challenges is um, getting used to getting on the phone and talking to sellers. And I know you guys that are on here, most of you guys have been through uh, Quick Start. <clears throat> I see some of you guys' name on here. I'm, I'm coaching, mentoring you. I know uh, some of you are mentoring with others. Uh, you're in good hands either way. But what you'll hear is always tell you. I'm back. Make sure you're getting comfortable with getting on the phone and talking to sellers, guys. So I, I was talking to actually a student today. And make sure you are linking up and practicing those calls, getting comfortable. Because I was working with a student, and he was nervous about getting on the phone and talking to a seller. And you've got to make sure that you are practicing those calls and getting comfortable with that. Of course, we'll be talking with many other things. Um, I've just, just helped a student today working with him. Um, and put a deal together. I'm hoping to get it signed this week with him. 
the market is, is doing good, guys. It's about generating lead flow. And so I want to encourage you guys to continue consistently putting in the work that you know to do. Andrew, are you there? I am here. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm fantastic. Good to have you on tonight. Just discussing um, with everyone about the importance. I, I, I had some students last week and this week. Those challenges with the phone, I was encouraging everyone on here to get comfortable with the scripts, make sure they're doing those things and picking up the phone. I say it all the time. I just it's something that I address all the time with students, so I always feel the need to encourage them. I uh, was also talking about some deal flow. Tell us something good. What's going on in your world before we take some questions tonight? Yeah, so uh, several good things are going on in my world, and I, I want to share this with you guys because you just don't know what's going to happen until you start dialing the phones. And uh, a call just came in a few moments ago, and my acquisition was on another call, and this uh, seller, or excuse me, buyer who's pre-qualified for a mortgage is wanting to buy a house. And long story short, if it comes through, it'll be about a $55,000 profit. And I, I share this because as we make the calls, you know, most of them, when we're selling houses, just like when we're buying, are not people we're ever going to do business with. You know, they're just time wasters who couldn't buy the house if you gave it to them. But here's what happens. When you start dialing, things start happening. So my acquisitionist is on the phone, uh, and I, I'm waiting to hear the conclusion of the story, but I think we're going to buy the house. He's on the phone with a seller. Uh, my, one of my acquisitionists is also a police officer. And, uh, and does acquisitions for me and, and police work. And he's on his day off. He is, uh, long story short, has to go home because uh, the, the police department calls him and tells him somebody's playing with his radio. And he's like, no, nobody's at my house. My radio's at my house. I'm out and about. It's my day off. And I'm, he's out to close deals and do some stuff in the real estate business. And uh, long story short, as he goes to his house, he pulls out his gun and goes inside to uh, clear the house, figure out who the heck is playing with his radio that's inside the house, and his phone rings, and it's a seller. And he's like, well, what the heck? I don't want to miss this call from a seller. So he grabs his phone and talks to the seller and negotiates the deal in his left hand while his gun's in his right hand clearing his house because the police department's telling him somebody has his radio. And long story short, <laughs> he kind of screwed up the call because obviously he was distracted. But then he cleaned up the call, and it looks like it's going to come to a conclusion, a wonderful conclusion of a no money down subject to debt takeover if everything goes as planned. And uh, long story short, also, um, the police department had uh, their system had messed up, and it was not his radio that was being played with. Another police officer had lost their radio on the road, and a citizen had picked it up and was playing with it. So uh, uh, at least there's our. Uh, at least they knew where the sound was coming from. <laughs> but I shared that because some is better than none. I I picked up a call before when I was on the road, or you know, I wasn't going to get my calls in for the day, and I screwed it up. Except I still learned something. Either learned something, and sometimes I wound up closing the deal after I screwed it up. So the moral of the story, guys, doesn't matter what the excuse is, the reason is, the objection is, uh, you know, you're in a noisy place, you didn't get to the call, you're driving, just make a few seller calls and watch your whole world begin to change. I love that. Well, that's, that's amazing. 
And um, you know what? That uh, none of us have an excuse at that point on on a reason not to do a closing call uh, after a story like that. Uh, I, I can't think of any good excuse I've had. So that's awesome. And um, the the moral the moral of that story is, you know what? That was a good reason not to take a call. But he didn't want to he didn't want to lose a deal. And because of that, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you guys are going to reap the rewards. So that's awesome, though. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Adventure awesome. every day. That's right. That's right. Keep it fun and love what you do. That's important. Um, all right. Uh, if you don't have anything else you want to add, Andrew, I was, I was on my favorite soapbox, which is getting used to the scripts and picking up the phone, which you piggybacked right into in a real-life scenario. Um, and if you don't have any more, uh, anything else you want to add, we have several people lined up here asking questions. So we'll jump Actually, right in. I'll skip some questions. All right. Hello? Hi. Is this Andrew? Or it's Aaron and Andrew. Yes, you got both of it. So my first one question is, two questions. Oh, let me back up. So good? it is. Okay, Doris. Awesome. What's your question? I'm sorry. I had to, I had to make sure I knew who I was talking to. Um. Open houses, are they run by listing agents or buyer's agents? Open houses, are they ran by what? It was real hard to hear you on that, Doris. I'm so sorry. Are they run by buyer's agents or listing agents or seller's agents? Got it. So um, an open house, it, it, it could be a variation. So if, if it's listed with a realtor, it's going to be ran by the listing agent. If it's one you have up for sell by owner, as Ron teaches us, and we're selling with seller financing, it's going to be somewhat on you or your team because it's not listed as, you know, as an agent. The, you as the owner or your team is going to be running that open house. So, I'm re- yeah, he's referring to a, a listed by realtor open house. Yes. So went to one yesterday. I went to one yesterday thinking it, was, it would be the listing agent. I get there, and I asked her, how are you going to be paid? Because I noticed that her name was different than the name on the sign. And she said she was a buyer's agent. And she was a buyer's. So that was just confused me. Question number two, that she, was, she said she was just hosting. So she had me sign in. Should I expect to have to, I want to, and then I, she told me to call. So I did call the listing agent, and I missed her call today when she called back. I expect to have to pay the host, the even though, because I signed in. Are you, are you said, looking to buy the property with seller financing? Are you looking to buy it cash? Give me a little more context on the deal, Doris. I wanted to talk, so I should really be talking to the seller. I mean, yeah, yeah, the actual seller, but yeah, and where to and how to. So I haven't contacted the listing agent yet. So I was hoping to get a sub two or yeah. owner financing. Owner financing, yes. Okay. Um, so what, what I would tell you in this scenario, I would talk to the listing agent and uh, find out where they're at and where they're headed at, and and then take it from there. You know, I I wouldn't stress about that yet. Obviously, the agents. Uh, the agents are going to have to get compensated or agree to release or have a discount. That, that's something that's going to have to be discussed, but that's, that's really you're at their mercy. And so that's what so I would tell you with that. I looked at a, a property the day before, and I didn't notice if it was, and I put in an offer. 
she said she wanted the, the form said she wanted two and a half. I didn't notice what the percentage of it was on this one, and the host didn't know what the uh, listing agent's percentage was. I do know the seller. I do know the seller wants to sell, so he can, and it's been there for a while, and he's already decreased it by probably fifty thousand, and I and well. he decreased it by another ten thousand. I know that he wants to go to Miami. He wants to get rid of it so he can move to Florida. I know that about the seller. Um, right. Okay. Um, it's probably about almost at the value we're right now. Question number two. Other question. Okay. So if I'm buying a prop, so this that property happened to be free and clear, but the one the day before had a mortgage on it. Okay. And if I'm doing seller financing, if seller has a mortgage on the property, can that <clears throat> is that so we're referring to non recourse debt because can I use my IRA to buy that property or not because I could would consider that non recourse debt. Um what's your take on that? Yeah, so do you understand what I'm saying? Let me make sure I'm understanding. So you're you're looking at buying this house subject to the existing mortgage with some seller financing. Uh, it has some non-recourse debt on it. Is that correct? No, it would be from a bank, so it would have the existing mortgage. So that would not be considered recourse. Oh, or is yeah. it? So anytime, anytime I can buy a house utilizing uh, seller financing and, and uh, you know, using someone else's money, so to speak, um, as you know, as that's financing it, that's that's the uh, choice I will always take. Um, and so I'm assuming if you were buying it with you know your IRA, aka private money, you being your own private lender, you would be uh, looking to buy it obviously at a deep discount. But uh, I always am going to choose seller financing over the other as long as I can have at least two paydays on that. I want to get a front end down payment. I want to get uh, monthly cash flow, and I want to get a back-end payday. So I need at least two of, two of those three to line up for me to do a deal in the first place. So I hope that answers your question. So I think my question is, is it because that's actually the seller's mortgage, so that has nothing to do right. with me, and he's already doing it, and I'm just taking over his, and it's in a, let's say it's in a trust, so nobody knows. So I can do that deal, even though he owes from uh, to a bank on that deal, that's still considered non-recourse to me as far as my IRA is concerned. Got it. So is I'm that not true? sure if I completely understand. I'm not sure if I completely understand your question, um, but are you saying you want to use your IRA to fund the remaining balance? No. It's, it's, it's nothing down. It's nothing down, and I'm just in, using my IRA to, I'm just using my IRA to do the closing or whatever, or, and then we're okay. supposed to, actually the buyer's supposed to be the funder. Okay. If I have Fantastic. an so what? What I would what? So you're using you're using your IRA for the closing closing costs. Is that what you're looking to do? Well, we're buying the property in the IRA, and okay. as a so, and as a buyer pays down his mortgage, the seller's mortgage from a bank. 
what I would tell you to do with that is I would tell you if you're going to use your IRA, you know, contact whoever your 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 IRA is through. Tell them you're buying, you know, you're buying a property. You're using X amount, and you're going to buy it through your IRA. They should direct you from there. Um, I don't I don't personally buy and sell real estate in my IRA right now. Ron's been telling me I need to do so, um, but I have not been doing it right now. But what I would do and what I've done when I'm working with private lenders that have our IRAs is I always usually equity trust or uh, one of those is they'll direct you through how to set that up properly uh, along with your closing attorney. So that's what I would that's what I would tell you to do. So you don't know if that would be considered non recourse or not. So well, yeah, I currently have I mean, a property it, in my area. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, as far as far as that goes, if you're buying a house subject to an existing mortgage from another, uh, you know, from an individual, uh, you know, you're. you're that's to you me. That's are, considered uh, non-recourse. Yeah, it, it absolutely non-recourse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. It's I need that clarified. Good, good to okay. hear from you again, Doris. It's been a long time. Great stuff. <laughs> good. 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 Good stuff. Good to hear you, and uh, good questions for the benefit of everybody else. So, who else we got tonight? Um, all right, let's see. Who else do we have? Hello, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? Who are we talking to tonight, brother? Uh, my name is Mario. Mario, actually, awesome. Yeah. So I have a question. Uh, I'm planning to to pull a list to do SMS and cold call, what what kind of list do you recommend that I target? So for SMS and cold calls, what type of leads would, would we target? Is that did I understand correctly? Yeah, yeah. What what criteria yeah. should I use to pull the list? Yeah. Um, so Andrew, you you want to work? You want to uh, kind of give Mario some of what you're doing right now with that? Yeah. So Mario. Awesome question, and I always ask myself, how can I get the most amount of leads in the least amount of time? And so for me, of course, that's uh, paid traffic. That uh, you know, you hear us talk about that a quick start with the various uh, paid traffic that I use and that the other ventures use. The, the phone calling, I, what I recommend or what I do is I just go with lead mining pros. They'll dial like 500 people for a couple hundred bucks, and we just have them to pull a list. And we just pull a list of, uh, and I give you guys, you should be taking lots of notes on this. So, for example, we'll pull an absentee at a state owner list, high equity, likely delinquent, and uh, three foreclosures. Anything that uh, tired landlords, so that's absentee out of state owners. And so we can pull a lot of those lists. Then we just dial lead mining pros code call through them, and then once they've dialed the thousands of people for a few hundred bucks, and they send us the handful of people who answered and said they would be interested in selling their house. Got it. Uh, could you please uh, tell me the site? I, I couldn't understand you very well. Uh, the service that you're using. Lead mining pros is is the cold calling service we use. Oh, lead lead money pro. Yeah, lead mining pros. Uh, with an S, lead mining pros. Oh, leadminingpros.com. Is there a forward slash uh, run like grant or something like that, or just uh, leadmoneypros.com? You know, I Ron does have. Just tell him Ron sent you. I don't actually okay. know Ron's Ron. Uh, yeah, the, the the link or the 
whatever it might be to, for Ron. So, yeah, just uh, look them up. And, and when you talk to them or fill it in, ask, you know, where you heard about them, you just say Ron because you got it. an extra special deal or some free, you know, who knows. Some Ron always works in a free bonus or goodies for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely uh, look into that. Now, uh, if I were to do that uh, myself, you know, do SMS or cold call, I'm doing cold call. Uh, how, how would you position the script? Would you uh, try a cash offer first or would you go straight to, to the terms offer? Did you say if you do the cold calls yourself? Yeah, yeah. If I, I'm talking to a seller, should I try to, yeah, to get a cash price from the seller or should I try to pitch the, the uh, terms offer first? If Ron catches you cold calling people before they're, co- before they're pre-screened, he'll probably show up at your door. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and any call all the time always offer terms first. And I, okay. I want to tell you this because like now I feel like I'm old. I remember when I started in this business a decade ago, and Ron would tell me, "Don't do that." And I'd be like, "Oh, it's going to be cheaper. It's going to save me money." And now, oh crap, he was right. But you I know you're right. You, it will not take you very many calls until you realize this business of cold calling sucks and the yep. 200 yeah. you pay them to call 500 people for you, it would be worth it if it was 2,000. Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm scared of, of investing the money. I've been calling a lot of feasible lately. I mean, I've been getting some, some good leads, but when it comes time, you know, they, they either ghost me or they do not show up for the, the virtual deal meeting. Initially, they say yes to terms, but then they, they, they just disappear. Absolutely. Good question, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. All right. Who do we have now? Hello? Yes. Um, I'm... Sorry, I actually did not have a question. I think I hit on a wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. It's my first time. Oh, awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, hello. Um, hello. Yes. Who has got something? Like, um, my name is Miguel, and it sounds like uh, both of you are doing pretty well. We're having a real hard. Tar- we're having a real hard time hearing you. Who who are we talking to tonight? I'm so sorry. Uh, my name is Miguel. Can you hear me well? Miguel, yes. Hey, we. Uh, do you have? Are are you on speaker? Or maybe uh, there's like some real loud feedback. We can't. I can't hardly hear you. Can you hear him, Andrew? No, not at all. I, I didn't even catch the name. Okay. Hey, can you hear me better there? Yes. yes. Much better. Oh, all right. So, um, do you have two questions regarding condemned houses? Okay. Uh, the first one is, uh, how do you calculate the repair costs? And the second, um, do you calculate any other costs? Yes. Um, so, there's a. Have you been? Let me ask you this, Miguel. Have you been to Quick Start yet, or do, do you have? Uh, do you have Ron's Quick Start manual? Uh, no, I, I do not. Okay. Okay. So uh, Ron has a whole Ron has a whole section. He has a whole pamphlet, a whole booklet that spells out 
repair costs, how to ca- calculate repair costs, how to calculate holding costs. And so the answer is yes, we do, we do calculate them. Uh, me personally, I usually do a, r- a, rough, a quick rough estimate of, of price per square foot to, you know, depending on if it just needs paint and carpet or if I need a new roof, new HVAC, a new kitchen. Um, Ron breaks that down in a, in a very detailed method that's not going to consume volumes of your time. Uh, and so I would highly recommend that you get your hands on that. You can get that through, uh, you can get that through the um, Quick Start Manual. Uh, Andrew, I believe it's on the Gold Club too, isn't it, if I remember correctly? Yes. Okay. So I would recommend you get you would get your hands on that contractor. Uh, what's it called, Andrew? I was just looking at it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm I'm not in my office today. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's about it's to do with contract contractor repairs and expenses and costs. It's in the Gold Club under under resources. The whole and checklist. Beautiful. The whole checklist, as well as you know how you should uh, approach the price per you know price per things and how they should be figured. Uh, of course, holding costs are going to vary, uh, you know, depending on a few things, insurance, taxes, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and so the answer is absolutely you want to calculate those. The second answer is absolutely you should get your hands on that uh, from Ron's Gold Club. Um, and then, of course, he'll really go in depth to it as well as with Jay Connor usually uh, at his quick start. And you, you, when you're attending that, you will get even better uh, depth on that, Miguel. What do you currently do for a living, Miguel? Uh, so I've worked for a financial institution. Okay. So I'm just going to uh, suggest something to you. Uh, get the quick start as soon as possible because the rehabbing business sucks, and hmm. there is so many ways to make way more money in real estate without ever working on a house. I do not work on the majority of houses I do, a few of them get some repairs or some lipstick. But if you're buying pretty houses in pretty neighborhoods and you're buying them with creative finance, like Ron's going to delve down in deep, deep detail and show you exactly how to do that in quick start school, you don't have to mess with the ugly houses, the rehabs, repair costs, and all that crap. You can if you choose to. There's money to be made there, and I know my students make whole businesses out of that but I challenge you to make sure that the majority of your business is pretty houses, the terms business, and that if you are going to do some uh, rehabbing, that that's the minority of your business because uh, that business will tire you quickly. All right, got it. And I, uh, I second that after doing a lot of rehabs over the, the years. In 20, early 2022, I quit doing rehabs. Uh, Ron, Ron had been telling us we should, we should quit for a while. Uh, because of the, you know, the the margins of profit that can be made in a much shorter time doing other things in real estate, and you know, just like Ron teaches us, it's a pretty house business. And uh, yeah, so I finally listened to him. Uh, but yes, to echo what Andrew said, there can be a lot of money made in that, but it also can be very, it can be very challenging and uh, exhausting, frankly. All right, got it. Thank you for the advice. Awesome. Yes, Miguel, not a problem. All right, let's see who we got next. Alex. Hello? Yes, this is Alex. Hello? I'm working the Florida markets. Can you hear me okay? Hey, Alex. Yes, we can. How are you doing this evening? Good, good, thanks. See, um, I have a question regarding sandwich lease option deals. Um, okay. And so uh, when we bring in a yeah, – in the, let me back up here. So in the manuals, and uh, Ron frequently also mentions when to bring in an attorney to close, he says when 
we're ready to close the buyer. And then we send both the seller's agreement and the tenant buyer's signed agreements to the closing attorney. So I really like that. It looks like it'd be a, um, virtually no risk. So I'm trying to picture this though. So I get a lease option agreement signed with the seller, but I don't bring an attorney to formally close yet. And when I do get my tenant buyer, which might be say two or three weeks later, then I can formally close both the seller and the buyer. So I'm just thinking, isn't that awfully strange to go back to the seller and then inform them that they now need to go to my attorney to formally close the lease option agreement that we signed, say, three or four weeks ago. Am I missing something here, or do you find an issue going back to the sellers, say, three weeks after you've signed the agreement? Um, I wonder if you can give me some clarity on that. Yes. Andrew, you want to take the jump on that one and take the lead on that one? Yeah, so, so expectation is everything. Mm-hmm. So going forward, and, you know, hindsight, as they say, is twenty twenty. Going forward, I always set expectation up front of whatever I'm, whatever the, the seller or buyer can expect. So, for example, when I get off the phone with my lease option tenant buyer, I'll say, all right, now your next steps are going to be X, right? You're going to hear from the credit repair folks. They're going to uh, ask you some questions, and once we get your app back, the next steps are going to be you're going to meet at the attorney's office. You're going to, okay, the final agreement. You know, so I, I give them the next step. So now there's no surprises. Uh, the the uh, uh, cleanup, so to speak, which I talked about at the beginning of this call, you know, when you're uh, a police officer and you're clearing your house with a gun in one hand and a phone in the other and you miss something, uh, <laughs> you uh, – uh, the cleanup is where you uh, just have to be good at communication. So if, uh, number one, some is better than none. They already signed the agreement, so it's not the end of the world. If if you can't get a second copy signed, it's, there's no reason not to. So I would figure out how to frame it to them. Frame is everything. My note takers, write it down. Frame is everything. So I would uh, probably just let them know, hey, look, uh, we're, we're updating our policy that all agreements are being signed with attorneys. Uh, AKA Ron told me I should get it signed with an attorney and I didn't think to tell you earlier and I didn't do it earlier. Uh, and, uh, and so say, you know, we're updating our policy. So that all agreements are going to sign with attorneys. So uh, I'm going to ask you to resign the same darn agreement at the attorney's office, um, uh, as we move forward and ask them to do it. Maybe you give them a gift card when they show up as a thank you for, for showing up or whatever it is. And just make sure going forward that, you always set expectations in the get go. Yes. Um, and, okay. and what did I say? And yeah, it could seem it can seem a bit redundant, but when you set up those expectations on the front end, uh, there's never an issue there because it's it's just expected at that point. There's no surprises. And also, uh, just just like a lot of things in life, whenever it's normal to you um, and you convey it in that way, a lot of times it, it's going to be normal and acceptable to them. And so it's about that, like Andrew said, framing and, and then setting the conversation. Okay. Sounds good. I just want to know if I was missing something there. So basically it's kind of weighing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So ba- it, basically it is a little bit redundant, but okay. uh, necessary nonetheless. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. All right, Alex. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Good to chat with you tonight. You too. 
All right, guys, we got uh, we got one more here. We're going to take real quick, and then Andrew, I want you to wrap us up with some uh, some final thoughts uh, there. If that's all right with you, but I think we've got yet one more here popped up. Perfect. Hey, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Can you, can hear, you me? hear me? Yes, hello. Hey, this is Eric from Denver. How are you guys? Eric, my friend, I am fantastic. Excited to chat with you this evening. I, I just, uh, I, for, for those of you that don't know, I, I, work with, I work with Eric, and I just seen an email come through from you, brother. I will check that out here in a, in a minute. It came through just a couple of minutes ago, I think. But what's yeah, going on tonight? I'm just tonight? responding to you. So I thought yeah. I would ask this, awesome. since uh, you're running this um, tonight, I've got that that uh, house down in Arizona that uh, okay. the seller the seller finance, <clears throat> and I sent I sent that to you, and it started out with the seller wanting uh, basically twenty five percent down, a hundred thousand dollars down, yes. and they would they would yes. carry the rent. So what I've done is I took your email and I just basically sent it to the realtor because he's the one okay. who brought this to me. So he would okay. be he says I can't I can't negotiate on your behalf unless I got something in writing. So yep. I sent back what you sent me. I sent that back and uh they came back and said, "Well, that all sounds good, but we're going to need some more down on the front end, and then we'll we'll okay. carry it all. So what I'm thinking about doing is either getting on a call with the seller, the realtor, and myself, and just see if we can hash something out over that, or would you rather me do it the way I'm doing it now and just keep putting things putting things back? Because what I suggested was a 10-year balloon instead of a five-year mm-hmm. balloon. And I suggested the, that the realtor fees would be considered the down payment. Yes. So, if no, I that's, that's great. And Andrew, oh, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. I thought you were done. I apologize. I was just going to say, so if I, if I go back to the seller and say, hey, I will pay all closing costs and the realtor fees, and that be considered the down payment, and you carry back the rest. Yes. Yeah, that, so what, what I would say, and I'm going to give Andrew, I'm going to give you a uh, little bit on this. Uh, nice house in Arizona. Um, and uh, they were asking, shoot, I think they were asking, was it 429 They cut the price 10 pay if I remember right. So it was at four, uh, basically at 419 They wanted uh, They wanted 25% down with a five-year balloon. And when Eric sent it to me, I said, uh, and he, we went through the numbers of cash flow, and I said, it, it looks like a deal that could be very promising, but the, I would want to only do at the very most the real, realtor's commission because it's with an agent as a down payment. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I wouldn't do any less than 10 years. And so that's what he went back with them. And then um, so he was asking if he should shoot another email back or if he should jump on a call. Of course, I'm going to say always you can get on the phone with them, Eric, having that conversation, and then, of course, following up with an email if necessary. Um, Andrew, give, give me your take on it. I always love getting your insight as well. Yeah, I always just get on the phone and, you know, asking questions that bring them to a conclusion are yes. always key. And okay. the, what some, some people struggle to do is to give an answer uh, or to, to tell you what they want. And ultimately, anytime something, a conclusion is not being came to, it's because 
either a they haven't thought about what they want or b they don't they don't want to tell you um, for whatever reason internally and so I just get to uh, and I frequently ask this question so number one I was getting on the phone or number two I'll say so what would need to happen for this to come to a conclusion um, and and I re-ask that question a few different ways until I get an answer. Okay, so I'm I'm confused by the realtor is gonna is gonna close be involved in both ends of it. <clears throat> so, um, can I can I call the seller myself without having the realtor present, or because the realtor he's listed the property and he's also bringing me the buyer to the deal does he have to be involved in the in the discussion or can i just call the seller and say what can we work out here before we go to the realtor because he's working both both sides against the middle right now if the deal came from the realtor i would never cut him out without telling him not without telling him, I, would, I wouldn't cut him out period but i mean i would wouldn't cut them out of the conversation go out of conversation said look i want to get this thing to a conclusion uh, you, you mind if I call the seller or you want to three-way me in? Just, okay. again, right. okay. transparent communication. Because I don't think I'm doing anything illegal by just picking up the phone and calling this, the seller. I mean, Nothing he, illegal. he owes it free and clear, and he doesn't live in the house. It's sitting vacant, has yeah. been sitting vacant for a year. Um, I just think there's a way to, to get this down without getting way too much skin in the game. I don't want to put any right. more skin in the game than I absolutely have to. No. So what, what I would say, and Andrew already basically said this, I may be repeating here, um, but it, it's not about do, you're not doing anything illegal or crossing any lines. It's about communication at this point, like with the agent, just so that they know, so they're not surprised or they don't start getting some type of feeling and they think you're trying to do something that you're not – so it's just about communication at that point. Just tell him you're wanting to talk to the seller. Ask him if it's okay if you talk to the seller. And if so, you know, get his contact information if you don't have it already. And then uh, if he's all funny about it, then, you know, obviously say, okay, well, let's jump on a three-way. I want to talk to the seller. If you want to be there, that's fine. That's how I approach something like that. Andrew, is that how you handle it as well? Exactly how I do it. Perfect. Okay, and then uh, we get down to the, the brass tacks, and it comes out to where we're going to do a deal. Um, yes. What what do I have? I would have to come up with the money out of my pocket for all the closing and the realtor commissions. So I'd have to go find private money somewhere, or how much would come out of my pocket? That's what I'm still struggling with. Is am I going to work myself into something that in 30 days I got to I got to bring fifty thousand dollars to the table that I don't have? What you agree all, on the price is what you agree on. It's yeah. the seller's responsibility to pay the realtor, which is why they're wanting a down payment, and the realtor gets paid out of the down payment. So if you agree to pay closing costs, you're paying closing costs on a down payment. If you don't agree to pay closing costs and you get them to agree to it, you're only paying the down payment. Right. So And and so on this one, on this one, they were asking for a hundred thousand, and I said I I just told him that you know at the very most I would pay the real estate commission, which will come off of the purchase price. And so what you would be doing at this point, Eric, yeah, what you would be doing is having, okay, so what you would be doing now is having a conversation. Obviously, you know, part of that conversation would be to the agent about discounting his fees because obviously, you know, you're using your contract, your forms and everything. Um, So that's a conversation that you and I will will have about what, you know, to talk to the agent. He may or may not, he may or may not do that. 
Um, and then, of course, from there, it's just having a conversation to see what the seller will do. And then once, once the conversation comes to an end and you know the numbers, then it's just about making the decision on whether it makes sense for you or not to move forward, Eric. But I can go out and find private money to close that gap, right? Yeah, yes. Once, uh, once we know all the numbers make sense on the property, as they did when I looked at it preliminarily, then yes, you would be able to raise private money for that. Okay, all right. That was, that was basically my question. I just won't, I don't awesome, want to get hog, hog-tied into this, this thing. No, absolutely. All right, thank absolutely you very not. much. Eric, it's always a pleasure, my brother. I will be talking to you very soon, my friend. Nice to talk to you, Andrew. Good talking to you, brother. All right. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. All right. With, uh, with that being said, uh, we, we got, uh, I think we've got uh, hopefully a lot of the questions answered. I'm glad you all joined us this evening. Glad we were able to cover a lot of things. Hopefully uh, it, was a, it was informative and beneficial to everyone that was listening. Appreciate all you guys that participate. Um, everybody that jumps in and asks questions and uh, goes over things, that, uh, it's, it's good for you and good for everyone else on, on the call. So love, love doing that. It's always a, always a pleasure. Andrew, I'll let you have some final thoughts here uh, before we wrap up, if that works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I just encourage you guys, get out there and make it happen. You know, I talk a lot about, for those of you that see me at Quick Start, to get you an acquisitionist. Various ones of you are in different positions. Uh, and when it comes to getting your acquisitionist, like I teach you how to do it, Quick Start, like Ron has me to show you, you can JV them in, no money out of pocket. And I, I mention that because it doesn't matter what you do. It matters the, 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 uh, as far as you can go get all the best leads in the world. You can go find the best deals. You can, it matters this one thing. You or somebody else, your acquisitionist, gets on the phone with sellers consistently and brings the deals to a conclusion. And there's one of three conclusions that deals that when you get off the phone, need to be, uh, uh, you need to be sure of. There's only three things. When you get off the phone, you never get off the phone without knowing that it's one of these three. One, you have a deal, and it's time to either go see the house or get a contract. Two, you have a follow-up. It's somebody who's not ready to do the deal right now or more numbers have to be nailed down, and for whatever reason, you can't get them to a conclusion. Or three, it's a dead deal. They said, you know, get off my case. I never want to hear from you again. I'm not selling to an investor or whatever they said to you, and that's rare. The majority of the deals are going to either be an A, follow-up, which typically is what's going to happen for probably 80%, and then a, a piece of those deals are going to be coming to a conclusion where you're going to be uh, writing up an agreement. And so, again, when people try to get off the phone without nailing down numbers and they're, they're motivated, you just keep asking the same questions. The least you'll take on price, the least you'll take a month, and usually be buying nothing down. If they want a down payment, what's the least you'll take down? That, guys, is the magic of the business. I know it sounds simple, but it is. And that's the whole lost awesome. of your business right there. Awesome. Andrew, thanks for sharing that. Always, always a pleasure when uh, we get to uh, co-host together on these. Always a blast. And um, always, always ha- great having all of you awesome people on here as well. That's what makes these calls fun and, and great. So uh, with that being said, don't forget the second Monday of every month. Put this on your calendar, 7 p.m. Eastern. And um, until next time, you all have an amazing, uh, well, we are in the beginning, well, technically the beginning issue of May. So you all have an amazing May, and we will be talking to you all very soon. Bye-bye for now.